it beautifully into his path. It's Romelu Lukaku cutting back. Yeah! And scoring his first goal at Stamford Bridge. Kirby pointing where she wants it. Still Kirby. Oh, magnificent. Kovacic might be able to... Yeah! Mateo Kovacic with his first ever goal at Stamford Bridge. The right move again's got lots of space. Again puts in a dangerous ball. It's Cuthbert and then touched in with her very first touch of the game from Bethany, England. Finding Lukaku, can he add another here? Yeah! Bumped into the roof of the net for the perfect finish from Romelu Lukaku. What's up, Blues fans? Brandon London here, and welcome to Chelsea Mic'd Up, the official, you heard it, the official Chelsea FC podcast here in America. I'm coming to you from New York, a.k.a. Blue York. I'm Emily here in Chicago. <laughs> I'm Andre in D.C. Not blue yet, but we're <laughs> very much blue here. I'm at the training ground here in Cotton. All right, hey, you see the gang is back together. Happy to see you all here. And we got to give you all a slight disclaimer. We are recording this episode before our Champions League match versus Senate. But guess what? Do not worry. At the end of this episode, you're going to get a few opinions on our performance. But... With that said, we still have a lot to talk about with the thrilling weekend for both of our Chelsea teams. The men take down Aston Villa 3-0 in a victory, and the women make an epic return and got back to their winning ways, shutting out Everton 4-0. We also got the deets on both of those dominating matches. We are going to look forward to our upcoming match in just a couple days. We're also going to answer your questions in the mailbag, and you cannot miss me and Lee getting real with Antonio Rudiger. So before we get into it, really quick host, give me a little quick sentence, quick shout out, roll call to make sure you all are still awake because I just talked a lot. Yes, I'm here. I'm thankfully my voice has recovered from doing, uh, that incredible performance at the bridge on Saturday. I was uh, shouting all in the name of work and professionalism. Uh, but what a performance I was. I know we're going to get into that in more detail, but happy to be here and looking forward to the second episode of Chelsea Mike Top. I'm here and I'm ready. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm hyped up by, of course, both teams, as as Brandon said. Uh, no goals scored against and seven goals scored total. Uh, I'll take it. Love those weekends. I just want to talk about Edward Mendy, and I think we're going to, but I've got to say, Andre, I was screaming for your uncle, Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> I was watching the game Big on up. my phone in the driveway with my dad on, so we'll get into that, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, we got some Mindy appreciation going on. Let's kick off the show. We got some headlines on what's been going down in London. So, come on, you blues. All right, like we said, what a match our men had against Villa. The boys won 3-0, but the game was a lot closer than the score might suggest. Lukaku scored on an early beauty and that first half, I think we can all agree, had us all a bit nervous. However, Chelsea showed up in the second and brought more goals and a whole lot of bricks. Defense was rock solid and on point, and there was nothing getting through them. And I think Tuchel agrees. We played against a very strong Aston Villa. They adapted completely to us, their shape, never played in that shape, uh, them. And um, they did very, very good. They looked sharp, they looked aggressive. And uh, we lacked a bit of, of rhythm and, and especially also precision in, in the first half. Had easy ball losses and, and conceded yeah, a bit too many shots and too many half chances. 
um, but we fought through and second half we controlled the game more, we had uh, ourselves better moments to accelerate the game, better, better chances in, in transition to, to score more goals. Lacked again precision, so it always was a kind of a, for me a bit too open uh, the match. But but still, it, it can happen. It can happen after a national break. It can happen against any opponent, and, and you know you will have over over this long time of, of the season you will have games that go so so, and you feel so so if you are able to to win it in the end deserved, and to win it even 3-0 is a good sign. And as you've already heard, Lukaku got on the score sheet not once. But twice at the bridge, and man, I heard the crowd cheer all the way here from NYC. I heard it across the pond, Lee. Don't tell me I didn't. I'm not surprised. He, he absolutely showed up for this match and told the whole world that anything Ronaldo can do, he can do too. And here's what Lukaku had to say about that special goal. Yeah, I was really emotional, you know. Uh, just waited, like, you know, since I was 11 years old for this. So it's great. You know, I enjoyed the moment, but, you know, now I just look forward on to the next one. And last but not least, Chelsea women dominated at King's Meadow, showing a masterclass of skills in front of a packed stadium. We saw goals from Beth England, Fran Kirby, and two, that's right, people, two from Sam Kerr, including the easiest goal she'll probably get all season. Emma Hayes' side secured the much-deserved three points, Let's listen to Aaron Cuthbert praise the Blues' performance. Like, we're not a team that loses, so we don't lose twice. You know, we're, we were a wounded animal, I think, after the weekend. We were hurting. You know, everyone came into training early. No one's late in training, and, you know, everyone was putting in a shift in training. We were all determined to, to make sure something like that never happened again. And I think for us, last week with small margins, wasn't wasn't a big gap between the two teams, but we, we just had to fine-tune a little thing, a few little things. But I think having the Olympians back, we've had another week of training. You could see we'd been working on our defensive shape and we were a lot more robust today and the attacking players were really combining well. You know, See, when you've got Panilla, Fran and Sam and, and Beth playing against you, you're going to be a better player and you're going to get better defensively as well. So we've all been pushing each other on this week and it subsequently resulted in a performance like that. Like Andre said, seven goals total. So if if you're one of those people who had a pint for every goal, I hope you got home safe. You used Uber and taxi. <laughs> but let's get into this 3-0 win versus Villa. Somebody jump in. Aston Villa, they were a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I know they were missing a lot of key players. I was worried this was going to be a trap game. Uh, the thing to me, though, is we had possession most of the time, 57% of it. But they had a ton of, and I just learned the stat, Lee, I love it. Shot creating actions, 21. In hockey, we call it high danger chances. Shot creating actions just sounds cool. And so to me, that shows that even though we are a really great defensive team, we let a lot of big plays up. But like I said, shout out to Edward Mendy. He leads all Premier League goalies right now with 16 saves on the season, showing why he was the goaltender of the year last year. Incredible performance, wasn't it, from the goalkeeper? I know we were talking earlier about um, Edward Mendy before we hit the record button. That Some of the stats, some of the numbers since, especially since Thomas Tuchel came to the club. Edward Mendy, 27 games, 17 clean sheets, 15 goals conceded. And in that time, of course, wow. winning the Champions League and being named as the UEFA Goalkeeper of the Year. Very understated professional as well, isn't he? What a guy. What a man. Even when things got tough, right? When, when they were high, you know, high pressing from Aston Villa, caused turnovers, and we were really uh, under pressure early. It was a really, really difficult matching, especially in that first half. And to have the type of defending. And actually, you know, I, I talked last episode about, you know, the Chelsea of old, you know, the Chelsea that, that brought me in. 
And one thing that I remember is just how difficult it was to get a shot clean through on goal against Chelsea. There were so many defenders flying in, sliding in, making sure shots were blocked, making sure defenders or attackers couldn't get a clean look. And this was very much the same thing. You know, Thiago Silva had a great, you know, read some great shots, got in positions to stop some shots. As you mentioned, Mindy, unbelievable. His story is just unbelievable and mm. how good he's been. The double save, just it's so difficult to score on this team, and I love that. Watching Thiago Silva, it's just incredible. It just gets better and better. And you mentioned the blocks as well, but his distribution, some of the diagonal passes, his range of passing. He's so cool, calm, and collected on the ball. And I know that comes with experience. And there's a phrase, I don't know if it's the same across the pond, but a performance like that, you'll often get pundits on TV and radio saying, oh, he's, he's a Rolls-Royce of a player, a Rolls-Royce. <laughs> I, I don't think it does him justice. I think <laughs> he's probably, I'd say he's probably a Ferrari California. He's, he's, a, he's a classic car whose his value just increases, increases, and increases. Incredible, right? Incredible player. All right, well, I want to talk about the Hummer, Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> and obviously, you know, his first goal, it was cathartic, right? Just as we felt in his first game as a Chelsea Blues, he was going to score. And this is his first game at the bridge. 15th appearance at the ground, 22nd attempted shot. And it just felt so good watching him celebrate. But his second goal to me was almost more special because it happened at the end of the match. And I loved what happened because Timo Werner, he came in as a substitute and he went on a run in perfect sync with Lukaku and brought two Villa defenders with him, which created space for Lukaku. And we've talked so much about how Lukaku is going to create space for Mm. Mount, for Werner, for Kai Havertz, but the guys are creating space for him. And Lukaku actually called that out in his post-game press conference with, as we know about the guy, he is just so humble. And it was just so cool to see him give a shout out to his teammate like that. That second goal all started with Jorginho winning back possession in the middle of the park and then followed 10 quick fire passes. Aspilicueta working wonders down the right wing, by the way. Uh, and then Lukaku with that finish. It was it was the perfect end to, to the perfect game for Lukaku. And it was interesting speaking to him off camera afterwards as well. And actually, I included it in the post-match interview too. I said... Ah, do you remember when we met a couple of weeks back, just after he'd signed, he refused to walk out onto the pitch. He said, no, not going to do it. No, superstitious. I'm not going to do it until that Villa game. Well, it worked out quite well for him, didn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. And I I have to give a shout out to the first goal because Mateo Kovacic, whoa. That run, that run. (laughs) That was sick. That was one of, that's one of those things where I was just like, yeah, that's why he's in, that's why he's there. Because when you try to press him, he is such a good crafty dribbler that he just kind of weaved his way around one, around another. And then he was in space and that ball he put out to Lukaku was just perfect. I love forwards who basically construct goals in their mind and then execute them. And you could tell that Lukaku did that. I think everybody in the stadium, everybody at home could see that Lukaku was going to cut that back but the defender still had to bite and ended up on the ground. <laughs> mm. And that's what you're supposed to do. And then he nutmegged the keeper. So like that first goal was like perfect for me. I I like a little disrespect with my goals. So you give me a guy who goes on a run that, that, that dribbles by two players. And then you give me a nutmeg. I'm here for it. For all y'all who play FIFA, that was hitting, <laughs> that was hitting Y or, or you have a PS5. That's hitting triangle. Yes. That was the perfect through. That's all. That's all I'm thinking. I'm sitting there like, Kovacic plays favorite. He, he just hit the one button. Kovacic is just showing that he deserves to be there. When you look at the stat sheet, he led Chelsea in pressures, successful pressures, tackles, touches, carries. And that just shows me a guy that is literally 
all over the pitch. Y'all, I, I know we do love Flash, but if Hofertich keeps doing those kind of dribbles, that's the Flash I'm looking for. Ooh. Like when he does that, yeah, yeah he'll get on <laughs> the radar. That's some disrespect you there like. You, you like that disrespect. Yes. Well, 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 speaking of disrespect, <laughs> our Chelsea women absolutely disrespected Everton. They're impressive. Yes, this is more like it. I'll put it that way. This is what we were kind of looking for from this team. The new formation obviously was going to take, you know, went into a 3-4-3 again. It knew it was going to take a little bit to to figure it out, to play together. Pernell Harder, Sam Kerr, Fran Kirby. I honestly don't know in women's football who has a better front line than that attacking front line. It is remarkable. And one of the things that I really wanted to see was Pernell Harder get a little bit more involved and in this formation, she has a whole lot of space to kind of drop down and help build up play, float around in those midfield spaces, kind of act like a 10 at times. And that is her game. She was so exceptional at that. I think she actually led in progressive carries for the team the entire time, which basically means she's just picking up the ball deep in midfield and carrying it forward. She is exceptional at doing that. And even though she didn't score, she did shoot a lot. <laughs> she shot a lot, but she didn't score. She's definitely going to uh, do a lot better. But Fran Kirby, that first goal, stunner. Stunner. You talk about flash, yeah. stunner. This is a match where you see when we get Fran Kirby and Sam Kerr in the mat lineup, this is what our offense can do. But I want to give a shout out to our Scottish Lionel Messi, Erin Cooper, <laughs> mm, yes. because I thought she was just fantastic. She can do it all, right? Like she dribbles well. She's got great ball control. She passes. She's got a good shot. But like eight ground duels won in that game. That seems remarkable to me. She was making all of her passes. She had four or five tackles completed, four interceptions. She, to me, is a player that just keeps getting better and better. She's only 23 years old. Erin Cuthbert said, bluntly, we don't lose twice. And that mm. sounded intense. It sounded like one of those great things that an athlete says that you're like, oh, put that, like, that's the sound clip. But no, that's truth. The last time this team mm. lost twice back to back in the league was 2015. Mm. That was like 900 wow. years ago. So, like, <laughs> say it again for the people who didn't hear that, please. When? 2015. It's time for a little LOL, London on London. Let's discuss some of these, some of this hot Chelsea news a little bit deeper. First goals at the bridge for Kova and Lukaku. What was that atmosphere like? Amazing, amazing, amazing. And like I, I said a little earlier, my voice, I was scared it wasn't going to hold up. It was pre-match, the noise. And I, it's just, I love that part of my job so much. And getting to read the team sheet out and for the first time to say welcome home Romelu Lukaku it just gives you like goosebumps it was amazing and then for him to score his first and then his second and then just to see the smile on his face when he came over to do post-match afterwards as well it was awesome and he's just so chilled out I saw him in the corridor today I was like hey how you doing he goes ah just chilling I was like you don't know how to you're a machine <laughs> he's phenomenal he's he's but do you know yeah but it just to have that, he's just, my God, I love the guy to bits. He's just the, from a personality perspective, he's a winner. He's a, you know, he's a winning machine, but he's just such a humble guy, such an intelligent guy. And I just could not be happier for him. And the same goes for Kovacic as well. The, the eruption when that goal, I know Brandon, you touched on it as well. Great finish. The press was amazing. The assist for the first goal was amazing. So 
it's just, you know, his just desserts to get that all important goal. And before we did the post-match interview, he came over and I, as I said earlier, I sort of joked, I said, it's all about the number change. It's all about the number on your back. And he laughed. He said, my God, it's been a nightmare, hasn't it? I went, oh, not at all. This is the first of many. First of many, uh, but a real special moment. Special moment for them, special, special moment for the fans as well. We've been talking about the depth of the Chelsea's men's team, but the Chelsea's women team looks strong and they have depth as well. So who's going to be a breakout star this season? And it has to be someone that you haven't mentioned their name yet on this podcast. No, my I'm answer born. was our Scottish Messi. It was Aaron Cuthbert <laughs> was my answer. Jesse Fleming. Gold medalist Ooh. is absolutely Ooh. a player that I think can do a lot. Emma Hayes gets her integrated into the team. She is such a smart, a clever player, knows where to be a really good pressing player, really intelligent uh, player, and just never, ever stopped. I think she started, I think she played every single minute for Canada uh, in all the games that she started. She's a fantastic player, can, can read the game both ways. Um, can stop transitions, can also uh, feed balls, you know, deliver the um, the ball to the attacking line. She is a really good player. So I'm really hoping that we get to see her in midfield a bit because I think she could really be a central piece um, that could almost seem like a new signing. You know, we we kind of wanted to see new signings and we and we saw, you know, Anik Nowen come in uh, and we saw Lauren James come in, who we haven't seen just yet. But I really think Jesse Fleming is a player that could really, really step up and have a really big Chelsea season. As we said earlier, while we're filming this, we have not played Zenit yet. So we're just be coming off the Zenit match. But let's look forward to Tottenham right now. What does our performance need to be like? Or what do you need to see from our men's team? Man alive. Chelsea Tottenham games. There's just something very special about that. And Chelsea fans listening to this, well... You know, I don't need to tell them just how big a game this is. Yeah, I'm a little concerned a little bit because Spurs have got to be angry after that performance against Crystal Palace. Like that, losing 3-0 to them and, and the goals took so long and then they kind of just unraveled and fell apart. I think Tanganga uh, got a red card. So like, yeah, that was quite an interesting match for them. And I know they're going to be really upset. And this is one of those things where if you're really mad, you really want to take it out on your rival the most. Uh, so they're going to get a chance to do that. So I do think Chelsea really has to be ready, has to be really defensively solid as we've been, you know, as we've talked about. So I think this is going to be, I mean, I, I hope for not a battle of the bridge part two, but but I think, you know, the, the <laughs> ingredients are there for this to be one of those really tough matches. All right. So that wraps it up for LOL London on London. So now it's time for a little interview time. And we've been praising our defense in this prior match. And we've been talking about leadership roles and legacy a lot. And we've got the perfect person joining us to talk about exactly that. Lee and I got a chance to sit down with Antonio Rudiger, and we tried to convince him that he's actually a Chelsea legend. Take a listen. Tony, first of all, great to see you. Welcome to Chelsea Miked Up. Really appreciate your time, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And a uh, pleasure to be here on the podcast. And uh, yeah, it's always good. It's always good to speak to you, Lee. No, oh, you're far too kind. Well, I'll tell you what, I feel a little inferior on this particular podcast because I've got, I've got a Champions League winner, a Europa League winner, and also an NFL Super Bowl winner as well. So I'm going to take a back seat. Brandon London, over to you, my friend. I mean, I mean, the Super Bowl doesn't, doesn't compare to a Champion League or a Europa League. But at the end of the day, man, we're, it's, it's that being at the top, you know, knowing that you, you're, you're that last team standing and all. And I just want to ask you, because we are here, I'm here in New York City, I'm here in America, you have so many fans uh, here in America. Have you ever been over here to play? What was your experience like playing over here? 
And what's the most American thing that you do eat or say <laughs> over, uh, over there in London? First of all, congratulations for you for participating in such a big final, such a big event. Because uh, I think um, it's not good to compare things. Uh, this is bigger. This is this is less, or something like this. I think um, a Super Bowl, as far as I know, I'm being honest. I'm not so much into NFL, but I think this is the this is the biggest event for American football. So it's something huge. And uh, yeah, like I've been to America, but not to play football, just to uh, for holidays. And um, I've been to LA, I've been to Miami, and uh, I really have to say, I liked it. I found the people very friendly, and um, yeah, like uh, I, I liked it, I liked it very much. It was hot and uh, it was good. The people were, they had positive vibes, and uh, yeah, and uh, which word I took from there? That, like Pulisic, dude, dude, I like dude. this word, dude. <laughs> and it's the funny thing, you can say dude for anything, like dude, dude. Yeah. Dude, you know, yeah, like that, that word is universal. This one is this one is really I like it's good. Tony, I'm two weeks in and I'm learning American slang. They introduced me to a word called bougie. So I'm learning as I go, just like you are. <laughs> and it was interesting. Kai was talking about um, Christian's taste in music in the dressing room. And he said, he puts country music on. I turn it off. I turn it off straight away. Because me and him, because of the COVID the rules and everything, we had different uh, locker rooms. Mm. So... Like, but sometimes when I pass by, like uh, Pulisic played some music, uh, it was like it was like pure hip hop and uh, like the American way. And it was, for, mm. for me, it was good. An eclectic mix, Tony, an eclectic mix. I know when we sat down uh, in preseason, it was myself, you and, and Kai. And I said, Tony, you're a Chelsea legend for winning the Champions League. And you laugh. But you've really grown into this role. You, you've become this 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 dressing room leader, this big personality. Is it something you're you're relishing this season? As I as I said like before, legend. I think uh, for me, legends are people like you know like I played with one like with Francesco Totti, who someone who been at the club. Obviously, like uh, for me, like legend of this club of Chelsea is uh, obviously is, is John Terry mm. because he's been here. He's been here throughout. And to be honest, like I don't. This is like I don't see myself in like this. It's just, uh, it's just, yeah. It's like at the end of the day, it's what people say. But uh, for my, for me, for myself, it's like I'm taking ten steps back from this. And uh, yeah, let let people say it, but me myself to call myself a legend just because mm. of winning that one Champions League is not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not. That's definitely that player mentality because as a player, we're always thinking there's there's another mountain to climb in that sense. Yeah. So it's like someone can say, oh, you're a legend, but you look up and you're like, well, Drogba did this or this player did this. Yeah, exactly that way. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. this, this is the way I see it. So that's why it's like uh, to judge quick to say legend. No, this is this is not me. This is not me. But I mean, that <laughs> word is being thrown around by a lot of fans, obviously. And what does that mean to have the fans back in the stands for the game? Like at the end of the day, I think uh, without fans, uh, every every type of sport is like, you know, like not not that interesting. So and obviously, it's always good to have like uh, around the whole continent, you know, like uh, around the around the U.S., around the Africa. Or, or elsewhere, Asia, 
to have like uh, the backing of your fans and um, and obviously to have them back in the stadium and uh, full stadium this is something is something special and uh, I think we all saw the images of uh, of the Champions League final this is something something great it's, uh, it's not possible it's not the same atmosphere like uh, by having no people it's not the same and so like I think we can I can we can see ourselves as lucky that we could have played that uh, Champions League final in front of uh, of many Chelsea supporters. It's interesting you brought that up, actually, Tony, because I was going to ask you, I know we've spoken about it before, but what did it mean to you personally to be involved in that game and to win it, having missed the Europa League final a couple of years before? Yeah, like, um, to me, like, first of all, this is like, this is the biggest game so far in my career I've ever played. Mm. Such a big final and, and such a big occasion. And uh, obviously, like uh, that, that meant a lot to me because um, two two years before the Europa League final, I couldn't play because of the because of my injury. And um, the start of the season last year was uh, kind of tough for me. It was like a, was like something really new to me, like uh, because I, I was used to start many games, and uh, it didn't came up like this. And uh, that uh, so that that's why this final then. Because uh, yeah, the second round of the season, like I think I played the best football in my career mm. so far, and uh, so and you want to end it with with the win, because I, I didn't want it to end the end it just by playing a Champions League final. I wanted to to win this trophy, and but not only me, we all. It does feel like there's so much leadership, so much personality in this current group. Is that something you'd agree with? Yes, hundred percent. You have uh, you have uh, experienced players, you have experienced players there, and you have like young players who are humble and uh, very hungry which is uh, which makes which makes a good mix in the team and uh, obviously like i think if you you you've been around the, the training camp you mm. see we, we are getting on very well and um, it's just like sometimes like some people from the outside won't try to interfere try to make uh, try to create their own version of something but uh, we we understand very good each other uh, with each other we are very good with each other and i think this is uh, this is something is very is very very good but this also comes more with success you know like so at the end of the day like uh, you are here to win and uh, when it's going good uh, things are like yeah but even i believe when things are not going good we will is like you have a bunch of very good guys here in the, in the team and that's what makes it more and more more easier for everyone I say it all the time. There's no place like the locker room. You never get that brotherhood anywhere else in the world than in the locker room with your mates, just joking around, you know. No, 100%, because you're almost there every day together. So it's like, it's a kind of like, it's like, it's like the same. I see my, I see my family every day. I see every day my teammates. So it's like, it's like a family bond. You try, you have to try to get positive things to be, to be like this, because uh, if it's too much negative around, then if a locker room is like that, then it's a problem. So, but we are really, I have to say, I have to really say, this is, uh, we are really like this. And, and I think you can see that also on the pitch. I read your Players' Tribune piece and uh, much respect to you. Uh, I grew up in Virginia. I grew up only black kid in the neighborhood, deep South, been called the N-word so many times, seeing that Confederate flag all over the place. Take me through your emotions when you actually sat down and said, I need to write this out. I need to get this off my chest, off my head. Take me through what you were thinking. That was the first time the interview I had, like in my whole entire career, where I was really deep. Yeah. Really, that I went deep, that I went really, really deep into my, to my history and everything. Like something like 
normally I always thought I would I wouldn't share with anyone, but it got to a point, it got to a point that I said, yeah, come on, like there's no holding back. Why? So, like, really, I have to say, like, uh, no, it was very deep. It was very deep. If I even think now about it, it was really deep. Like, it was give something to people to think about, not just to read and say, ah, like, like always the same stuff and everything. What you what you hear? No, like, it should be a bit deeper. And this is what I wanted to want. That, that's what I, I didn't want it. Like that, people say to me, like, oh, this article or something. No, it's something to think something think about something doesn't matter which race you have think think just just think and uh yeah like uh yeah it was good and it was like and it was like to be honest like let me be real with you it was like also something like that was nice that was the nice way mm. that was the nice that was the nice way yeah like yeah. to make it like uh, read about it think and okay but you know we can also go a bit deeper down yeah i mean we have to when it comes to something like that you me lebron anyone out there we we have to manage our emotions when it comes to that because if we get too angry then the message will be lost in the frustration so i thought you put that you put it the way you put it with being real and like lebron says hashtag we're more than an athlete Mm -hmm. and i guess that goes into the whole fans calling you legend people calling you legends it's because now they're getting a chance to see Tony off the pitch, what it is, what it's like to really be you. If someone reads that and it was like, oh, no, you're not going through. You're, you're just you're just making that up. That's just <laughs> how you're going to tell me you're the one that's out there on the pitch, you know. So when we talk about legacy, the drug buzz, the, even Peter Check is back working with the with, with the with the organization. Now, what do you want your legacy to be outside of football? Outside of football, we got the deep ones over here today. (laughs) 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 To be one of a leader, someone that people not only in my race, but like the younger, the youth, that someone they can look up to, is not at the end of the day, what happens on the pitch, that's that's pure emotions. Is for me, it's important to be a role model for yeah, obviously for my people. Hmm. But for every, but for every, but for every youth, of course. Tony, I, you know what I think of you. I think you're a legend, and I don't care what you say. The, <laughs> the way that you, no, but I'm serious. The way that you, you, you're brilliantly eloquent and intelligent in the way that you put these things across, and you know, I for one sort of applaud you for that. I know the American fans watching this adore you. Are there any American sports or, or specific American teams that that you keep an eye on that you, you like to sort of support from afar? To be honest, I am very into UFC. Whoa. Really. Okay. Here we go. Right, go on. Yes. Yes, like uh, like uh, I really I really like UFC. I think um this is something completely different to what we are doing. It's like uh, for me someone who I really like I really like is uh, Kamaru Usman. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Like uh, to me this guy is, is just is just the beast. I hope he becomes pound uh, pound for pound uh, fighter number 1. For me to see people, you know, when they go to a press conference it is in America because America, that's it's also good, but it's all also about the show. So, and still you can see, and you can see person like him when he goes to the press conference. You can see the confidence, but still humble. You know, like uh, some others, like uh, they're acting, acting off, and then like when the cage closes, uh, yeah, he shuts them down. And this is what this is this is this is what I admire. Like because with all this trash talk, trash talk, because some 
They don't know where the limit is, but still to stay cool and everything, that shows you that this person is uh, mentally wise. He's on a different level. Oh, me, I like UFC. And uh, of course, the action is the action. There's always action. And there's always action with you, Tony, as well. It's, look, it's been a real pleasure. I know we could talk to you for hours, but you're a busy, busy 100%. man. So we're going to let you get, <laughs> we're gonna let you get some well-deserved rest. Tony Riddiger, thank you so much, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Guys, really thank you very today. much. It's been a great honor for me. Thank you very much. And uh, big man, good luck for everything. Stay healthy. And uh, yeah, Lee, we see us anyway. I look forward to it, mate. Take care of yourself. Brandon, we see us hopefully one day. And uh, take care. I'm going to get you a, a Giants jersey or shirt or something. I'm going to send it over. Yeah, man. Let's, let's swap. Let's swap. Yeah, got you, man. Happy for this. For sure. But thanks yeah, for man. this, man. For sure. Cool, man. Bless, sir. Take care. Good, man. Thank you so Stay much, blessed. mate. I am thoroughly impressed with Tony. And that was one of the realest interviews I've ever had. And big shout out to you, Andre, because when we got the question list ready for preparation, you wanted you you wrote in, hey, ask him about the the players tribune, ask him about the players tribune. And it gave him a chance to really show a side of him that your everyday fan doesn't get to see. So shout out to you, Andre, for that. And Lee, I mean, the, the, he's impressive, man. He's an impressive individual. He really is. Speaking of impressive, I mean, you touched on it there, uh, Brandon. I have to say it was a brilliantly uh, – the interview was so enlightening. I love listening and I love talking to Tony. I really do. But – listening to the two of you dissect what is such an important subject and doing it so brilliantly eloquently. It was, I had to, I had to pinch myself at one point and remind myself I was there to ask questions um, because it was, no, I thought you guys handled it so perfectly well. It was, it was really interesting, really passionate stuff. And he's, he's a great talker. He's a great leader. He's a great personality. And I'm so glad that we've got him here at Chelsea. Yeah. I got to get him some giant gear. I'll <laughs> yes. make sure to send that over. You've committed there. to that. You've committed to that. <laughs> All right, Chelsea fans, you've heard from us. Now it's time to to hear from you. You've also heard from our guests as well. So we want you all to continue to please tweet us at Chelsea FC in USA. Use the hashtag, hashtag CMU mailbag. Today's question, which has been a hot topic, is about Saul. While Saul got this start against Villa, he didn't look quite up to pass yet. Is he still adjusting to the move? Yes, he is. And I think we all got spoiled by Lukaku being like, wow, a person can come in and make a direct impact. And the truth is we have a different system he has to adjust to. He's got to figure it out. And I really, though, liked what Thomas Tuchel said after the game because he did take him out at halftime. And Tuchel himself took responsibility. He's like, I shouldn't put him out there. He needs to be more ready. And I think that shows that not only is he a great tactical coach, but that to me shows that he's a player's coach too. To me, you have to kind of look at the lineup as well, like the whole lineup. There were a lot of different combinations and players who hadn't played together before in those positions, like Callum Hudson-Odoi at right wing back and Chalaba playing together, obviously Kovacic and Saul. So you had a lot of different players. And I think Saul kind of got kind of got baptized a little bit by uh, Aston Villa, who caught him a number of times you know he's a naturally left-footed player so he wants to move to his left they pressed him on his left he was on the right a lot so it did lead to a lot of that but I think just integrating him more figuring him out and getting him in those positions where he can really be clutch because I really do think that and the reason why I was so excited about his signing is that the just the instinctive angles that a naturally left-footed player can find really opens things up and I think that's one of the main reasons why Chelsea really went and got him and I think if we can get him in those positions get him more up to speed to the Premier League he's gonna he's gonna turn this around you can leave us your questions by tagging uh at Chelsea FC and USA remember with the hashtag hashtag CMU mailbag
as promised, we are returning on Wednesday morning to record this after our first Champions League match where we beat Zenit 1-0. And Lee, you obviously were at the bridge. And I just want to know, how did the atmosphere there compare to a typical Premier League match? Like, what was it like? It was fantastic, Emily. Really good. It was so good. You know what? These are the nights that you kind of take for granted. And after, I guess now we're sort of in a post-pandemic era, it was so good to get back to Champions League action under the lights at Stamford Bridge. It's always a very special atmosphere, helped by the fact that pre-match we had loads of awards. So we had UEFA awards to present to Edouard Mendy and Golo Kante, Jorginho and Thomas Tuchel. That ramped it up. We had pre-match fireworks. The, the, the crowd were in fine voice. It was a really, really good atmosphere. Even the, uh, the Zenit fans, there was a small pocket of Zenit fans, around 150 or so, away in the, the shed lower, away to our left. They made their voices heard. It was, a, it was a fantastic atmosphere. And thankfully, three points to get us up and running in the, in the group stages. And uh, another goal for our friend, Romelu Lukaku. Incredible performance from him. And also from Tony Rudiger as well, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. He was getting to a tackle, getting a ball. He just looked like he was money. He, he just had yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. When it came to Lukaku, you know, we talked earlier in this episode about, you know, the other guys creating space for him, like Timo Werner in the previous match. He really didn't get that much this match. Honestly, I'm going to use my hockey comparison. This was like the New Jersey Devils in the 1990s, um, where they just stick everybody in one zone and then just hope that you can't get any offense going and clog it that way. And it did feel like we struggled a bit, but Lukaku rises above all of that, and he literally did with that header. And they're playing against such a deep block, such a low block. And I think when we were speaking to Thomas Tuchel after the game, we're talking about the patience and the discipline that was required because dominating possession... So something like 62% possession in that first half. And it was a case of almost just wearing them down, wearing them down, knowing full well that opportunities would arise. And Cesar Azpilicueta with another assist. It was almost like a throwback to the relationship he had with Alvaro Morata a couple of years back. I think my favorite thing about veteran leadership is how they come in and they just really settle things. You know, they come in and they have all this veteran savvy that they come in with. And they say, you know, this is how we're going to play. Like, we're experienced. We know what to do here. I know what to do in this position. I've been through this a number of times. Like, that veteran leadership, like we're talking about as Piliqueta, amazing. And I love that one key in the past two matches of his veteran leadership has been just kick the ball at Romelu Lukaku. He's gotten two assists by just kicking the ball to his feet and kicking the ball to his forehead. That's that veteran savvy that you come to love. (laughs) And I'm in a conference room with pretty much all of my big bosses, and I'm sitting there at this table with my iPhone, like, don't go too loud, don't go too loud, but please score Chelsea, please score Chelsea. So um, I hope nobody caught a glance at my phone, but I'm totally revealing myself now. I'll tell you what, I bet they were watching as well. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Or they were wishing they were watching, and I'm the one that had the audacity to actually pull it up. (laughs) The big games keep on coming. Don't know, we've got Spurs next. And I think from a defensive perspective, Chelsea are in such good shape going into this. Here's a stat as well. Chelsea now have 23 clean sheets in all competitions now more than any other team across Europe's big five leagues 10 of the last 14 Champions League games they've uh, they've had a shutout as well it's not a bad record is it that's not bad at all and me uh, what I'm most curious about is what lineup we trot out there because you did Mm. see Tugel make some changes from the Villa match to this match in Zenit and we talked earlier in this episode too of just the luxury we have on our bench, specifically in the midfield of how many players you can get out there. I see it being frustrating, actually. I see it being an annoying match. I see it being very physical. Um, just hoping that everybody walks away, no injuries. Uh, that's kind of my my big thing. Whenever we play them, they they know the way to stop us is to hurt us. So they, they seem to want to try from time to time. <laughs> I think Jorginho is going to have a big match. He's been in, in really, really good form. So is Kovacic. So I think that pairing is going to be very, very important. So 
um, yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of still looking at the midfield and how it comes together. Um, and I and I think that's been a really strong piece at the beginning of this season. I tell you what, I'll keep you updated. I'm lucky enough to be going. I'll keep you updated on the on the WhatsApp group that we guys have got set up as well. So I'm looking forward to it. it should be a great game. We got a big match behind us, but we got more on the way. And remember, all of you, you can find anything and everything on Chelsea through the Fifth Stand app. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a mama about the Chelsea Mic'd Up podcast. We want blue flags flying all across America. I want to thank you all for joining us another week. We will see you next week, and let's go Blues.